0: I'm going to do something uh, a little different. I don't think I've ever done this before in this way. I'm going to read two different scriptures. I was preparing a sermon on Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 to 30, on the rich young ruler. But in the same token, I was looking at uh, John chapter 3 about Nicodemus. And then I began to see you know, like similarities between the conversations, but yet a different direction that both of them took. So rather than give you Nicodemus one week and uh, the rich young ruler the, the next, I thought I would just do a little comparison in, your, in, in the scriptures and see how that they parallel together. So if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Matthew 19 and then John chapter 3 and flip back and forth. But Hosea is going to <laughs> move back and forth between them and we're going to read them and I'll try to keep you straight on who's who. Now, Whenever we look at these two individuals, um, the challenge comes to us, what must I do to be saved? I, I, you, know, I, you know that I meet lots of people, and uh, I meet lots of different individuals, and one individual that I'm thinking of was an individual who, no matter who spoke to him, he was always giving them the 10th degree, not the 3rd degree, the 10th degree about being a Christian And also, and it wasn't so much about being a Christian, but about just trying to destroy the church or the belief that they had. And so if you said you were a particular belief, he told you right out, you're going to hell. And of course, that was just such a welcoming phrase that people loved to hear what he had to say next. And no, they didn't. (laughs) They didn't want to hear anything he had to say because he was so abrasive towards him. So the challenge is, how, can we, how do we look at our own life? And, and the challenge also is that we're part of both of these guys. It isn't like we're purely Nicodemus or we're purely the rich young ruler. We are both of them. And especially in our society, we end up being challenged by both of these ideas. And, and we know that we're a lot like Nicodemus, seeking, the, seeking Christ and see, because we're here. You're here, and you're seeing how... and trying to follow Christ and trying to know the truth and the same things that was going on in Nicodemus' life. But we also realize there's a part of us that's like the rich young ruler. And these two things are in conflict. So I wanted us to, to look at this and um, see how that there's a, this is working in both of us. Now, before you get the wrong concept of riches being evil, we have to understand both these individuals are very wealthy. Nicodemus is a Pharisee and a Pharisee was the elite sect of the Jewish people and it was a a, a governing body of the Jewish individuals and you had to be very wealthy to be part of it. So it isn't that Nicodemus doesn't have a lot of money and the rich young ruler does. It isn't like we got one very rich guy and one very poor guy. No, no. We've got two very rich individuals. So unless uh, you think that, well, pastor's preaching against riches, and if you got a lot of riches, you can't go to heaven. It's not true. Poor people can go to heaven, and poor people can go to hell. (laughs) Rich people can go to heaven, and rich people can go to hell. Because of their belief, and how that they hold on to their beliefs, and the way that they look at things, determines the outcome. So, What I'm going to do is read one scripture and then go over to the next, the other chapter and read a couple more and go back and forth like that so that we can get a a good idea. I came across this quote the other night. It says, earn as much money as you can and as quickly as you can. The sooner you get more, the sooner you get money out of the way, the sooner you will be able to get to the rest of your problems in style. (laughs) that's a joke. <laughs> you know? It isn't like money's going to take away all your problems. It's just that if we have lots of money, we can get to our problems in style. Okay? But it doesn't work. That didn't come out of the Bible, and it's not in Proverbs, in case you were wondering. So in Matthew chapter 19, we have the rich young ruler. He says, another day, verse 16, another day a man stopped Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to, inter- to get eternal life? Now, Look at what's in this verse and what we're seeing here. This rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, what must I do? You see, he is looking for an affirmation of who he is. Would you tell me I'm okay and what I'm doing is okay? I don't even know you. And this this guy comes up to Jesus and he says, I want you to tell me that I'm doing all the right things so that I can keep on doing what I'm doing and still go to heaven. (laughs) All right, we'll jump over to Nicodemus. Chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. The man of the Pharisee sect, Nicodemus, a prominent leader among the Jews. Late one night, he visited Jesus and said, Rabbi? We all know you're a teacher straight from God. No one could do all the God-pointing, God-revealing acts you do if God weren't in on it. So, what is, is Nicodemus' approach? See, the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, what do I have to do? focuses him and himself. Nicodemus, the focus is Jesus. Didn't we just sing the song, It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. So here we have that Nicodemus has discussed this with some of his peers because he says, we all know you're a teacher from God. We know about you. We've been talking about you. We've been talking about you and we know that you have come from God. And and Nicodemus is afraid to be seen by Jesus or with Jesus, excuse me, because he he comes to Jesus at night. But his fears don't keep him from Christ. His fears just simply cause him to come at a time of day that other people won't see him. But he's still interested. And he still has questions that he wants to ask. (coughs) Excuse me. So, the focus is on Jesus. and and, And we look at this, are we more focused on the inside than we are on the outside? The challenge that we see in both of these individuals is Nicodemus is looking for, there's a spiritual reality that Nicodemus recognizes exists, and he wants to know about it. The rich young ruler, he kind of doesn't see the inside stuff. He's looking at all the outward things, and we'll see that in verse 2. Verse 17, excuse me, of Matthew chapter 19. Jesus said, Why do you question me about what is good? God is the only one who is good. If you want to enter the life of God, just do what he tells you. So he comes to Jesus. He said, I want you to tell me how good I am. I want you to affirm who I am. And then he says, well, Jesus questions him. He says, why are you calling me? It's like, you're not really here to find out what I have to say. You're here because you want me to say you're a good guy. Go on with what you're doing. And everything's okay. Okay. He wanted a stamp of approval. These individuals are the ones that come up to you and they tell you what they are, who they are, what they believe, and then they walk away. <laughs> they're not really interested in what you have to say. Um, so as we challenge these things, we all know individuals who come to us and they'll talk to you and, and they don't really want to know what you think. They're just, they're just there to tell you what they think and then they're done. Well, let's go over to chapter uh, 3, verse 3, in which Nicodemus, he says, Jesus said, now, what's Nicodemus done? We know you're a teacher from God. We know, focus on Christ, we know that God revealing acts that you do focuses on Jesus and what he does. Jesus said, you're absolutely right, verse 3. Take it from me. Unless a person is born from above, It is not possible to see what I'm pointing to, to God's kingdom. God's kingdom must come from God. So Nicodemus now, he has a whole different approach, two different perspectives. Same need, two different perspectives. Nicodemus says that it's, that I want to see, we've seen God speak through you and we've seen the God acts that you do. And Jesus affirms him, you're right. These are God acts. And what I'm pointing to is God's kingdom. I'm not pointing to me. I'm pointing to God's kingdom. Okay? Verse 18 and 19. Matthew chapter 19. The rich young ruler. He says, Jesus said to him, just do what what God tells you to do. And the man asked him, verse 18, what in particular? What's something else that I have to do? The perspective here, it's all about me, Jesus. It's all about me. Because in verse, the next verse, the next section, he says, Jesus said, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, Honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as you do yourself. There's only seven commandments there. Remember, there are ten. Three deal with our relationship with God, and seven deal with our relationship with people. Jesus was looking at this man and telling him, You need to do the things that build your relationship with people. Because the guy wasn't worried about people, he was worried about himself. He was so focused on what it was the I, me, my show. <laughs> you know, it's the I, me, and mine. And he talks about himself, he talks what he has done, and he wants Jesus to put a stamp of approval on him, and you're all, you know, you're a wonderful person, thank you very much. Oh, you keep all you keep all the commandments. Jesus, Jesus was listening to seven. He had broken every one of them. He doesn't think so. <laughs> Verse 20. The young man said, I've done all that. What's left? <laughs> Talk about an ego trip. Man, am I wonderful. <laughs> He's telling him, I, you know, what else is there to do? You know, look at me. <laughs> I'm good. I kept all of those. And, you know, they're, they're, you know, what in particular did I need to do? You listed him. I've done them. You are lucky, Jesus, that I'm here. Well, let's go over to Nicodemus, verse 4. See, Jesus said, I'm here to do God's kingdom, God's work. Verse 4. How can anyone, second Na- said Nicodemus, be born who has already been born and grown up? Okay? The, the focus is on what Jesus has said. The focus is on what Jesus has now told him. You've got to be born from above. And Nicodemus says, I'm not really quite sure about this. You can't re-enter your mother's womb and be born again. What are you saying with this born from above talk? <laughs> so the Jews, they were a national religion and they were a national political party. And this is, to Nicodemus, he, he sees the outward outward things at the rituals that they were doing, but the the law was to govern the outward actions so that something would take place on the inside. And Jesus, a little later, gets uh, kind of you know, like Nicodemus. You're you're really a religious man. You don't understand that there's something going on on the inside. So here J- Jesus is telling Nicodemus. You 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 know he, Nicodemus is saying I'm confused. I know the focus is on you, Jesus, and I know that you're a God, God teacher, and you do these things to tell us about God. But what, you know, there's something more here, and Jesus said, You got to be born again. I can't be born again. I'm too old for that. Focuses still on Jesus, on his kingdom, on his word. <laughs> Rich young ruler, verse 21. I've, you know, you just finished, I've done all that you're lucky. What's left for me to do? Verse 21. If you want to give it all you've got, Jesus replied, go sell your possessions. Then what? Give everything to the poor. All your wealth will then be in heaven. Then come follow me. It isn't that people who are rich need to sell everything so that they become poor. It's that we need to rec- he needed to recognize where his dependency was. His dependency was upon himself and Jesus is personally challenging him to give his money to the poor and speaking more of money, he's speaking of himself. It isn't the money that he's going to give away that's going to change his life. It's the giving of himself. And the money is just something he possesses. But in his own heart, he doesn't know how to give himself to other people. So he's taking, Jesus is taking the only thing that he really understands. He's taking his wealth and saying, okay, you take your wealth and give it to other people. Because if he said, you need to give yourself to other people, what would he say? Oh, I already done that. (laughs) What else is there to do? I've kept all those commandments. I don't murder. I don't commit adultery. I don't steal. I don't lie. I love my mother and father, and I love my neighbor as myself. I mean, it's me. That's me. (laughs) And he says, well, go sell. He said, well, you need to give yourself to other people. He says, well, I already did that. Jesus said, go sell everything you have. Oh, Oh, now that's different. That's different. Because I need that. Nicodemus. How do I be born again when I'm grown up? Jesus said, you're not listening. He's telling Nicodemus this. Let me say it again. Unless a person submits to this original creation, you see, and this is where we get the idea that when God created us, he created us to be his children. Sin came and separated us, Jesus came to bring us back into that union with God. Wipe away the sin, no obstacles between God and man. He says right here, unless a person submits to this original creation, the wind hovering over the water creation, the invisible moving the visible, that the Spirit of God moving on the inside and the Spirit of God moving upon the face of the waters and brought things into existence a baptism unto a new life, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. If you're not born by that spirit that was there at creation, see, this spirit that Jesus is talking about isn't just something that shows up when Jesus is here, you know, talking to his disciples. This is the same spirit that was there in creation, is the same spirit that's there with Jesus, is the same spirit is here with us. So the same spirit that moves upon our hearts and lives is the same spirit that was there in creation that moved over the face of the waters. And that same God is the same God who influences our life. When you look at a baby, taking what is known and showing what is not understood, when you look at a baby, it's just that, a body that you can look at and touch. But the person... Who takes shape within is formed by something you can't see and touch, formed by the Spirit, and becomes a living spirit. So this is what's going on. Jesus is explaining here to to Nicodemus: there's something going on inside of you that you can't even see or touch. The rich young ruler, I don't kill, I don't commit adultery, I don't, these are things he can see and touch. Take your money and give it away. Touch, feel, go. He can't, t- he can't. I can't touch this. Nicodemus wants to know what's going on on the inside, and God is saying there's something going on on the, in- on the inside that being born again is allowing the Spirit of God to, as we confess our sins, to make a change in us and make us entirely different than we could ever imagine. Because the same Spirit that brought about creation is the same Spirit creating a new person inside of us. Um, I tell you that you have to be born from above, out of this world, so to speak. You know well enough how the wind blows this way and that. You hear it rustling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it is headed next. That's the way it is within everyone born from above, the wind of God, the Spirit of God. (laughs) We do not enter the kingdom by by living a better life. We enter the kingdom by being spiritually reborn. The rich man wanted to enter the kingdom by all that he had done. What more do I have to do? Nicodemus is saying, there's a kingdom here, but what do you mean be born? How how can something happen on the inside that you can't see, touch, feel? Let's go back. The rich ruler had just finished. He was, he said, now that was the last thing the, the, the young man expected to hear. And so crestfallen, he walked away. He was holding on tight to a lot of things and he couldn't bear to let it go. You see, he already thought he was in highly, highly favored by God. In their society, rich meant God blessed. So he already thought he was God blessed. And why would God tell you to give away something that that God gave you? But the person could not use his wealth to serve others. He couldn't use what he possessed to serve God and he walked away. Nicodemus asked, What do you mean by this? How does this happen? One walks away and one says, How does it work? How does this take place? See, that is the challenge of every one of us in our everyday life. Things happen, and when we we become focused on us, we become (laughs) discouraged, downtrodden, like, I can't do this. But Nicodemus says, okay, tell me more. Verse 23 and 24. Well, 23 to 26. As he watched him go, the rich guy is walking away. As he watched him go, Jesus told his disciples, do you have any idea how difficult it is for a rich to enter into God's kingdom? Let me tell you this. It is easier to gallop a camel through a needle's eye than for a rich to enter God's kingdom. Now, the eye of the needle in, in the wall of the city is a, an entrance which is big enough for a person walking or maybe has to stoop down to get in. And so can you imagine a camel walk running at full gallop trying to run through that little hole? <laughs> I just thought that was kind of funny. You ever see those buses, double-decker buses? They're driving down the road and the underpass is too small. It takes the top off. Everybody see those? That's what's going on with this camel. You know, I just can picture that. Boom! And the camel's just, boom, dead right there. I thought that was funny. But anyhow, can, you just I mean, it's just like, you picture that, you know, boom, camel running, the guy just platters, you know, be like one of them cartoons, the guy splattered on the side of the wall, you know, and horses splattered and, and his feet just kind of walk on through the, that's a cartoon show I didn't see, but I need to write that one. <laughs> And then after the camel splats against the wall, Peter, of course, the disciples were staggered. I mean, you know, the disciples were caught off guard with this this this, this definition and what's going on. He said, "Who then who then has a chance at all?" The disciples were the disciples were thinking like this rich man. Who has a chance at all? Peter is looking at himself, and 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 thing thing there. You know, things are going, and things are destroyed. How will I get in? You know, I mean, I look at all I've done, and then we go on. Um, verse twenty six. Jesus looked hard at them and said, "No chance at all." How, how do you like to hear that one? Who has a chance to get in, Jesus? Looked at him and said, no chance at all if you think you can pull it off by yourself. If you think you can pull it off running full tilt on the camel's back, make it through the eye of a camel, it's impossible. Eye of the needle on a camel, you ain't going to make it. If you think you're going to pull it off yourself. But every chance in the world, if you trust God to do it. Peter was challenged by this, he's ready to give up. Because he himself thinks, and, and disciples, right up until the time of the crucifixion, they're at, Jesus, who's going to sit in your right hand and your left? You know, we, you know, we want something out of this. They still never got it. Until after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, they began to get an idea. So you see, this is still a lot of our thinking. God, look what I've done. I've been good. Why do I need these problems? Look at those people over there. They're not Christian, look how they're succeeding. Don't pay attention to that stuff. Get your mind on you. Understand how God is working in you. Jesus said, in verse 10 through 12, to Nicodemus, you, you're a respected teacher of Israel, asking about these questions about getting to heaven and born again and so on. You're a respected teacher of Israel, and you don't know these basics? Listen carefully. I'm speaking about sober truth to you. I speak only of what I know by experience. I give witness only to what I have seen with my own eyes. What Jesus is talking about here, I'm giving you the truth of life. I'm giving you the truth of what it takes to get into the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God is all about. It's not about things. You mean the God who created all things can't make something that you're going to have something that he can't make? You have a talent or ability that God can't come up with? You know, that's why I always say whenever I pray, I'm sure God is slapping his forehead saying, oh David, I never thought of that. You know, we're going to tell God how we should run things. Did you ever do that? Did you ever boo at God? You know, we were at this uh, Penn State game yesterday, and I got a hoarse voice because I was booing at the official. (laughs) I was booing at the... He made a lousy call. I could see it from where I was sitting. (laughs) You know, we always see those things. No instant replay. I could just see it was a lousy call. And if you watched the game yesterday, you know which one I'm referring to. The whole place was uproared because the guy didn't touch him. The Penn State guy did not deserve the file. I know it. I could see it. I was booing the official and lost my voice over it. I just stopped jumping over the official's back because I could see things more clearly than the official could. And anyhow, (laughs) we do that very same thing in life. We boo at God. Why? I don't deserve this. That's a wrong call. That's a wrong thing going on in my life and we're booing. How are we booing? I'm not going to church. (laughs) God, if you think I'm going to pray... I'm going to teach you something. (laughs) It's like, God, you're going to teach God something by not talking to him? (laughs) See how foolish we are? Try running, hey David, try running full speed on the camel's back through the eye of a needle. Go ahead, come, see if you can do it. We'll see who's right here. And then he goes on, yet instead of facing the evidence and accepting it, you procrastinate with questions. Nicodemus, you're all caught up with your questions. Come down to the very heart of it. If I tell you things that are plain as the hand in front of your face and you don't believe, what's the use of telling you things that you can't see? Oh. I'm telling you things that are plain as the hand in front of your face. What are the things that we know? We know that God loves us. We know that God will never leave us nor forsake us. We know that our name is written in God's book of life for eternity and that we are safe in the hands of our Father and nothing is ever going to separate us from Him. Neither life nor death, nor principalities nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. You know, nothing is going to take us from the presence of God, so what are you worried about? Somebody making a wrong call? Boo! Boo! (laughs) Then Peter, (laughs) chiming in, we left everything and followed you. What do we get out of it? He's caught up in this whole thing. He was just like the rich young ruler. He just hasn't walked away yet. What do we get out of this? Jesus replied, Yes, you have followed me in the recreation of the world. And when the Son of Man will rule gloriously, you have followed me and will also rule. Peter, it isn't about this life. It isn't about what you possess and don't possess and get and don't get. Remember, your name is in my book of life and you're going to live for an eternity. What do you get out of this? What you get out of this is so much greater than you could ever imagine. You've got my presence. You've got my spirit. You've got my love. You've got the assurance. You've got more than you could ever imagine. And so don't get caught up in what do I get out of this. And Jesus, I'm using that tone, Not Jesus didn't use that with Peter, I'm sure. You have followed me and will also rule with me. Starting with the 12 tribes of Israel, you're going to rule over all these guys. And not only you, but anyone who sacrifices home, family, fields, whatever, because of me will get it all back a hundred times over. There is nothing that I'm not going to reward you a hundred times over. Not to mention the considerable bonus of eternal life. This is the great reversal, many of the first ending up last and the last first. We look at the people in the world around us, and how many of them got where they are at, the very elite of our society? How many got there by being humble, self-effacing, gentle, and loving? They are the ones who are considered first. If they make heaven, they will be last. Because the principles of God so far outweigh any principles of man. Verse 16 to 18, Nicodemus, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son his one and only son. And this is why. So that no one needs be destroyed. Nothing in this life will destroy you. Nothing in this life will destroy you. When you are born again, that creative spirit that was there at creation creates a new person in you. Nothing will destroy you. In that security and in that place of affirmation and peace and strength, believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's John three sixteen, Verse 17. God didn't go to the trouble of sending his Son merely to point an accusing finger. Jesus didn't come. For the Son of Man came not to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Jesus didn't come to what? To point an accusing finger. Look how bad you are. That's why God is here. That's not your relationship with God. He's not pointing a finger. He's, he didn't come to tell the world how bad it was. He came to help put the world right again. Jesus came to bring the rightness to life and the rightness of life to, to its fullest in us. That's why God has come. And so as we are challenged between the rich, young, the rich ruler and Nicodemus, they both have wealth, but it's how they face their difficulties and how they face their encounter with Jesus. We are here for a purpose. God is in our life for a reason. And we are both in our life. We are both like the rich young ruler and we are both like Nicodemus. Our challenge is to continue to focus on what God is doing and that God isn't here to find out what's wrong with you. He already knows that. He wants to do what's right with us and take us into the kingdom of God. And it starts now. (laughs) Amen? Do you need to see a galloping camel going through the eye of a needle? Yep. Let's all stand. You want to see me do it? (laughs) Me first. I'll I'll count to three and everybody run for the door. I'll wait here. Okay. (laughs) But we see how it works. God has come to give us life and give it to us eternally. And it's a challenge going on. God is doing the work in us. Father, thank you for your spirit The same spirit that was here in creation, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that dwells in us, and as we confess our sins, creates a new person inside of us. Thank you, Jesus, for creating a clean heart, renewing a right spirit, giving us a new perspective of our life with you, not only here and now, but for eternity. And everyone said, amen. Everyone said galloping camels.